Well, good afternoon, folk, and welcome to another episode of Looking Up here on Faith FM. You are joined today by Shell, our producer, Lyle, my co-host, who is sitting in once again because Sharissa is still away, and myself, Danny. So welcome, Shyle. Welcome, Shyle. <laughs> Did called you Charlie. get that? That was Shell and Lyle, and Lyle together. Shell oh. and Lyle. Shell and Lyle. Shyle. I love it. I didn't even mean it. Oh, oh wow. Oh, That's just, a new one. I'm really That's pleased with that. Whatever you call it, that um, gaff, Danny. Danny, I will. I will answer to Shyle. I love it. You can call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for food. Exactly. So anyway, great to have you guys on the program again. Fantastic to be. Here. And um, yeah, I'm really pleased that you are able to stand in again or sit in again. I should say <laughs> for Sharissa, and hope and pray that Sharissa's having a great time down. I think somewhere down on the south coast. I'm not sure where. Her and Justin are, but I hope they're having a great time. It's a beautiful day here in Newcastle. The sun is out, blue skies. It's been fresh in the mornings and fresh at night. I understand. I understand. You're having an amazing day today, Danny. Oh yes, yes. It is. It's uh, it's a day. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm understanding that you have reached a milestone that I have not yet reached. <laughs> but you are ahead of me in something. I am. Yes. Today, the big five zero. The big five zero for the... Danny Milenkov. He's turning fifty today. You heard it here on Faith FM. So shoot us a text. Give us a call. Wish him a happy birthday. There it is. Yay for Danny. So, um, yeah. All right, so our number is 0491064669. We want you to uh, send your best wishes through for Danny this afternoon. Yeah, and um, and also, you know, a big shout-out to my wife. She has put up with me for over 26 years. Okay, so and, I'm ahead um, of you on that one. Yes. Oh, so you're yeah, ahead of me 27. on that one. 27. Wow. Yeah. So, so Shell gets the gold medal. So far. So, so far. far. Fantastic. She's, well she's done, the, She's Shell. the winner. Well done, Shell. So... <laughs> Yeah, look, it's, 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 I didn't know what to expect. Um, it's been a big day. Obviously, lots of phone calls and text messages from family and friends and, um, parcels have been arriving. Why, why, why are you here doing radio today, Danny? It's your 50th birthday. Shouldn't you be like on a cruise or something or other? You know? Yeah, well, God willing, my wife and I were planning on going to Cairns. Um, if the borders remain open and it's amazing how in today's world, Cairns is a big trip. I know it is. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're going to cross the border into Queensland. <laughs> I know so that's a big deal. So hopefully, hopefully Lake Macquarie, where I live, will remain out of lockdown. Um, as I think most of our listeners are aware by now, uh, Greater Sydney is continuing that lockdown for another week, but hopefully we'll stay out, um, of the headlines until Sunday. So Sunday, if, once if, we're on the if, plane, if then I don't care Cairns, what happens. Whereabouts in New South Wales would you go? Sorry? If you don't make it to Cairns, whereabouts in New South Wales would you go? Oh, I'm not sure, mate. Not sure. Ah, that's terrible. Sure. Just terrible. Yeah, so anyway, it is what it is, and um, God willing, we'll be heading to Cairns. So I hope and pray he's an, you... He's an unpatriotic New South Welshman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd go to Port Macquarie probably where I lived before for seven years. Beautiful place, so... Well, folk, I hope and pray you enjoy this program. Very special program. I'll share a little bit more with you after this song. Sit back and listen to Michael Card, Where Cross the Crowded Ways. Where cross the crowded ways of life. Where sound the cries of race and clan. Above the noise of selfish strife. We hear thy voice, O Son of Man. 
wretchedness and need On shadowed thresholds dark with fears From paths where hide the lures of greed We catch the vision of thy tears Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song from Michael Card. And you are with Lyle and Danny and Shell, our producer, on this glorious, delicious Wednesday afternoon. With a frosty morning. With a frosty morning, yes, Yes. here on Looking Up. And so I hope and pray that you are looking up, my dear friends, because we are nearing the end, Lyle. As each day passes by, I am becoming more and more convinced, coming under greater conviction that the Lord will not tarry for much longer. He is about to come. What do you think? We're very much nearing the end, and if you are 
go to the N. Digital on the 14th of July, mm-hmm. coming up very, very soon, we have an entire series called The, time, the End of Time. Tell us all about We're that. We're going to look at all of the different issues in relationship to the end of time. Uh, it, it kind of comes in two parts. The first part is going to be all of the events of the end of time. The second part is going to be all of the issues of the end of time. So the events followed by the issues. Wow. And it's going to be a 12-part series. Sharissa Tarosian and myself will be doing it. It will be 100% live. You'll be able to interact with us the whole way through. So Fantastic. we are hoping that you'll all join us at 8 o'clock on Tuesday the 14th. Uh, no, Wednesday. Wednesday the 14th. Let me get that right. Wednesday yeah, the 14th. A week 14th. from today, yes. Yes, a week from today. So super exciting. And that's at 8 p.m.? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Now, what if... People don't have access to the internet. We've got some listeners that may not have access to the internet. Will it be carried on Faith FM once it again? It certainly as will a, be. As, a, as it's been in the past. It'll be simulcast right here on Faith FM, and so you will be able to listen to it. You just won't be able to see it, so it's you know not quite the same, but no. it will definitely be here on Faith FM radio as well. So will people be able to still call in or send in their uh, questions via text yes. and so on and so forth? Yeah. Oh, yes, listening absolutely. on the radio. Yeah, it will be a text message number that you'll be able to send in your uh, questions, comments, whatever you want to share right there on the text message. Fantastic. I am so looking forward to this. I have been promoting this heavily um, with my church family there at Hillview in Morissette, and I am so excited telling my neighbours about it, telling everyone and anyone, the end of time. Yes. What a what a series and yes. such an appropriate name because we are heading there very quickly. I have never lived in a time, you know, even in the last few months where so many events have been happening so rapidly and there has been so much happening, you know, in the news every day that is just a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Yeah, it's incredible because, you know, the last 18 months, like, you know, as we all well know now, <laughs> I'm the big 5-0 today and you're like, Less than a year behind me, Lyle. Less than one year behind me. <laughs> but I am behind you. <laughs> you are I am behind and you. And you'll never catch up. That's Good right. for you. <laughs> anyway, but what we've seen, If it was Lyle, only one day, it would still count. <laughs> exactly right. But what we've seen literally in the last 18 months, I mean, you and I, we've been sharing on Bible prophecy, current world events. We've been sharing, I've been sharing for about, you know, almost 20 years now. You might, I think you've been sharing for a little bit longer than that. Um, what we have seen in the last 18 months, I would have to say trumps, to use that word, you know, what I have seen and encountered in the last 18 years prior. It certainly does. You know, I was just listening to a uh, interview with, um, you know, the US President Joe Biden during the week and after he'd finished, of course, his press secretary came out and, and took a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was put forward, you know, what's, what's the president going to do about people that have a moral objection to the vaccine? You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, well, this this is material that came from an aborted fetus and so yes, we've got yes. a moral objection to it or whatever like that. You know, is there religious liberty available, available for people in that kind of a category? And I thought that her reply was very, very telling. Yep. Her reply was, well, the Pope says it's okay. Wow. And I was sort of thinking, okay, when did the Pope speak for all Christians? Wow. Or all people of faith? She actually said that. That's exactly right. You can go back there and look at the interview. I mean, this is the, I can't this believe is the, this that. Is the National Press Secretary. So that's it's not phenomenal. A, it is. The Pope said it's okay. So well, I guess. Therefore, that's, you've got nothing to complain about. You don't, you can take his word for it. <laughs> Gospel. Um, he's, he's one man and he's spoken. So now we don't need to worry about anything. So. Wow. Well, that's taking it to a new level. I mean, you know, he is the unofficial sort of moral voice 
on the planet, you know, when it comes to morality, he's sort of seen yeah, in that yeah. way, you know, when he speaks on the climate, when he speaks on family, when he speaks on the economy, whatever the case may be, he's kind of seen as the moral voice. Yes. But this is taking it to a new level where, you know, in an official capacity, the United States government is saying, yeah, he is the moral voice. Yes. Wow. And, and I should say that, you know, from a, from my perspective, a lot of vaccines are made from stem cells that are derived from a single aborted fetus back in 1970 or 71, I think it was, and that material has been used, you know, billions of times over. Uh, this is not a situation where they are aborting babies on a regular basis so that they can create vaccines. Uh, and this was one of those abortions that was a necessary abortion. It wasn't a voluntary abortion or anything like that. Sometimes you have to perform an abortion to save the mother's life, yeah. you know, those kind of things. And... Uh, you know, from that perspective, it's very much the same as a um, uh, an organ transplant. And if I was to die, I would hope and pray that, you know, they would take as many of my organs and give them to as many people yeah. as they possibly can to save as many lives. And, of course, I'm not a fetus, but if I was, I'd be like, okay, if I've got some, if I've got to die and I've got some, some stem cells here that can be used, you know, billions of times over, then go for it. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's not really a moral issue there, but I understand that, you know, different people of faith have different views on this, and this is where religious liberty comes in. Yeah, because that's what we're going to be talking talking about about religious liberty today. And religious liberty means that I give to others the freedom to practice their religion even when I don't believe in the religion that they are practicing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see a moral issue here. Other people do. Religious liberty means that I respect their view on that. Mm yeah and this is this is where there's been you know i i haven't i haven't seen so much debate in that space of religious Ooh, freedom yeah. religious liberty as we've seen in the last number of years um when it comes to you know l g b t i q rights um, l g b t plus yeah well yeah l g b t plus probably there's a lot a lot more letters in there <laughs> okay l g b t plus um where they're looking at you know their 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 human their human rights, yes, um, yes, and then you have your religious liberty side where they're saying, right. you know, so we're going to talk about, you know, this. Where do we find the balance? Can we have, uh, can we have human rights protected as well as religious liberty rights protected? And I um, mean, it seems that these two um, are very much in an opposite camp at the moment. And um, one feels that if we give up our human rights, or human rights, uh, we, you know, will. We'll, we'll suffer persecution from those who are seeking religious liberty and are possibly going to be discriminating against us and, and vice versa. So, yeah, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at that as we go along. But as you, as you pointed out, Lyle, there is a, a lot of discussion now um, in the media, in, in public life, when it comes to, when it comes to matters of, of religious freedom, religious liberty, and, and just human rights in general. So, yes, the things, the things. Which kind of goes along with our, sorry for butting in, yeah, it go, kind go of goes it. along with our giveaway today. It does, yeah. Tell us about we it. We have this really fascinating book here. It's called Politics and Prophecy. Wow. The Battle for Religious Liberty and the Authentic Gospel. Now, of course, uh, we have two of these to give away. They will go to our uh, first and third callers at the end of the show. And uh, you will have to wait for the code word. 
Yeah. There is a code word. You can't call in now. No, no. Toward the end of the program, we'll give you the code word, which will be right on this we, subject. As soon as we give that code word, make sure that you have the phone number saved in your phone ready to go. And that number is 0491-064-669. Be the first caller through yeah. and you'll be able to get politics and prophecy the battle for religious liberty and the authentic gospel. Amen. That sounds like a great book. Now, from my point of view, I thought it was fascinating, and I preached on this on Sabbath a little. I'm doing a new series. Uh, started it on Sabbath, looking at uh, the second coming from the context of understanding what is taking place and then how to prepare for the soon return of Jesus and how to prepare your neighbors and your friends and your family. I'm calling the series Watch Pray and be ready, based on the words of Jesus um, at the end of the at the end of Matthew, Mark, Luke, at the end of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where he speaks of you know preparing for his soon return at the end of the signs coming. And one and one passage that um, just continues to to jump up at me every time I read it, not so much from the gospel, but from First Thessalonians chapter five verse three, where the apostle Paul, in the context of the second coming, he says, when they say peace and safety, those three words, peace and safety then sudden destruction comes upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. So the Apostle Paul is clearly uh, pointing out that before Jesus comes, there's going to be a cry for peace and safety. So that tells me that we're going to be living in a time where there will be very little peace or, or peace will be very fragile at best and safety will be a serious concern. Yeah, we, <laughs> use, we tend to use the word security these days. Yeah, security. Yes, Peace and safety, Everyone's peace, talking and about peace and security. Yeah, but, but you, you think about safety. We're talking about COVID. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the politicians uh, are telling us over and over again, uh, none of us are safe until we are all safe. You know, and this push, this great push and emphasis to get, you know, to get as many Australians as possible vaccinated. Um, so in order that we may all be safe in that all we may be able to, you know, get, get back to normal. And, and getting on that, um, I'm not sure if you caught up with um, – uh, the Prime Minister, and as he rolled out that four-stage plan for moving Australia from where we are right now to back to some kind of normality. He, he put that out on Friday after the, after the Cabinet, I guess, the, the, that Cabinet meeting that he had. Did you did you catch up with that Lyle at all, or maybe you I, I, did, I didn't watch that particular interview? But I have looked at the basics of you know what's yeah, been rolled out. And, and, and what was really interesting as I took the, as I took a look at that four stage plan, uh, the last the the last part was getting back to normal, getting back to normal. <laughs> and so and so the aim will that ever happen? Yeah, and so the aim here and around the world is to get things back to normal. I mean, we've been watching on the news. I don't know if you have, but I've seen on the news uh, there in Europe. You know, the United States, where a lot of people are vaccinated. Israel in particular, I think that's got one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. You know, they're partying. They're having a great time. The Euro, you know, the Euro soccer championships are on, full crowds. They're having a blast. They're like, yay, you know, we're back to normal. Um, you know, we got our jab and away we go. And this, and this is so much like the days of Noah. The days of Noah, Jesus said, Regardless of what's going on, the focus will be on eating, drinking, and marrying. In other words, just here for a good time, not a long time. And so this idea of peace and safety, that's all we want, um, regardless of, of what it's going to cost us. This is what we're aiming for, what we, what we want. Religious, um, uh, you know, religious interest, spiritual interest is nowhere to be seen. 
by and large, yes, there are those individuals who are keen and interested and are seeing what's going on and uh, asking questions. Does the Bible have anything to say about what's going on right now? But by and large, as I take a look at what's going on in the world, people are just happy to get back to partying and having a great time. Indeed, and the Bible says that at the end of time, men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers mm. of God. And that's exactly what we see happening around us right now is that there is a focus. You know, people live for pleasure. They live for, you know, they go to work so that they can build a house, eat nice food, and have nice holidays. Yeah, That's why people go to work. That's what they live for rather than living for God and for Jesus Christ and for something much higher than just those things. Yeah. If that's all you've got to live for, it's not a whole lot, really. Mm. It's no wonder that we have such a uh, a tragic rate of depression and suicide, you know, like our world has never seen before. Mm. We have more stuff than we have ever had, and we have higher depression and higher suicide rates than we've ever had. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's an irony, isn't it, that we are more connected than any other generation in human history, yet people are feeling more disconnected and more isolated, and more alone than ever before. It's just an incredible irony to me. So, yeah, it's fascinating. So anyway, folk, we are going to be looking at religious liberty, um, religious freedom, um, and how that, how that dovetails into respect for government, you know. And can we respect government authority and still maintain our loyalty to God and to his word? You know, can we have both? And that's what we want to be taking a look at today. So it's a big subject, and I hope and pray that you're going to be uh, able to stick with us. We're going to be looking at a number of scriptures. We're going to be taking a look at some of the things that have been taking place and that are taking place right here in Australia um, in this space. So I hope and pray you can uh, stay with us uh, for the duration of this program. I'm sure you'll be blessed. If you've got any questions, uh, do send them to us. You can text us on 0491-064-669 or 1-800-324-843. And after the break and uh, the news, we're going to come back and we're going to jump right into this all-important subject on religious liberty, freedom, and how we connect as Christians. So may God bless you. Enjoy this song and we'll be with you in, in a bit. Should my heart be lonely and long for hate? 
to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. Hey guys, it's Lyle from The Breakfast Show. I would like to personally invite you to join Sharissa from Looking Up and myself for our next instalment of The End.Digital, The End of Time, starting July 14 at 8pm. We will be streaming live and we'll have question and answer time after each show that you can participate in. We look forward to your company at the end.digital, Facebook or YouTube. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Whatsoever things are true Whatsoever things are honest Whatsoever things are just Think upon these things Whatsoever things are pure Oh, lovely and of good report there be any virtue or praise, oh, think upon these things. Jesus, you are truth. Unless you just as purity. Reality and to think 
what is good and what the Lord requires to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Jesus, you are truth, unless you just And Danny on Looking Up on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's July 7 and we have a very important program this afternoon, Lyle. Yes, we do. Religious liberty and freedom. The Absolutely. Very, the, very, the very rock, the very foundation of democracy. Foundation of democracy, democracy, foundation of the gospel. Yeah. Foundation of the great controversy between Christ and Satan. Indeed. Foundation of the existence of love. Yeah. It's, All of these things it's at the very foundation of, and we've got a great giveaway to go along with it. It's called Politics and Prophecy, the Battle for Religious Liberty and the Authentic Gospel. So you have to wait to the end of the show, of course, wait for the uh, code, word. code word to be given out. Uh, but the number to call is going to be 0491064669. And, of course, if you want to wish Danny a happy birthday for his 50th today, Shoot us a message. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. That's the number to call right there, 0491064669. So it's only going to be for today. My birthday, 50th, is only today. It's only for today. That's it. Oh, one day. One, one day. Off. It's a one-off. It's a one-off <laughs> opportunity you have to wish Danny a happy birthday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, so um, tell us about the program you'll be doing in a week from today, the end of time. I'm end excited time. about it. Please tell us some more about it. Okay, so this is the next installment of the End Digital. So uh, just be there, Sharissa Tarosin and myself, fully live. Uh, we'll be talking about all the issues and events of the end of time. Wow, that's exciting. And it's going to be in two parts every this night? Is, uh, no, it'll be three parts every night. Oh, three parts. Yes, so... Uh, a presentation followed by a rapid-fire Bible study followed by a question and answer time. Okay, so how, how long are we looking at? Like how, how long is this um, evening well, going to be? Well, we kind of we, – we haven't done our dry yet, dry run yet. We're looking at uh, basically three 15-minute segments. Okay, cool. So about 45 minutes or so. Yeah, yep. And we understand that people live busy lives, and so if you can only join us for one of those segments, then yeah. join us for one. But we're hoping that you will join us for all of them and definitely be there at 8 o'clock uh, next Wednesday evening when we jump into – um, yeah, doing the uh, doing the whole thing. Are you able to give us a little clue as to what the very first message will be focused on? Just to yes. whet our appetite? Yes. We're going to look at the question of how near is the end of time? Wow, how relevant is that? Yes. So we're going to look at some pretty climactic events taking place in our world right now. Mm. And we're going to ask the question, does this have something to do with the end of time? Wow, that is very, very powerful. So, folk, you'll need to have your seatbelts on when Lyle and Sharissa are let loose next Wednesday Wednesday evening, 8 o'clock. And just a reminder, if you don't have access to the internet and all you're able to do is listen on the radio, you'll be able to do that because it will be uh, telecast live. Yes. Is that the right word? Telecast? Absolutely. Yeah, telecast I don't live. I the right word or not, but it's I'm going not, live. <laughs> it's going live 8 Faith o'clock. FM or 
The N.Digital. Exactly. So at 8 o'clock at either place, you'll be able to hear it. Now, Lyle, this area is one that you are well familiar with. I know you have spent uh, some considerable time uh, in in the area of religious liberty um, and what the Bible has to say, how it impacts on, on our daily lives and what's going on around us and so on and so forth. So we want to take a look at this all-important subject. I want to ask you a couple of questions to begin with um, regarding this subject. The first one is, you know, why do we need to talk about religious liberty? Why is it important that we spend time talking about this subject? Because most countries in the world don't have it. Okay. This is at the foundation of good government. It's at the foundation of happy societies. It is at the foundation of the government of God. It is the foundation of the gospel. All of those things. Yeah, wow. So it's really, really, it's one of the, it's possibly one of the most important issues that any country will ever grapple with. Would it be fair to say that at the very beginning of time, when God created Adam and Eve and he placed them in the Garden of Eden, he gave them their, their religious freedom charter by, if I could use that language, by putting in the garden those two trees. Absolutely. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And they were to they were to they were to choose their loyalty to God based on the decision that they made as to which tree that they would And God wasn't forcing them either which direction. No, he wasn't. And he could have done. Wow. And this is the whole point right here. Freedom to choose, the power of choice, which is religious liberty is what creates the possibility and the existence of love. Mm -hmm. If you take away religious liberty, if you take away the freedom, the power of choice, love does not exist. It Not only that, but this is what creates a person. So it creates the existence of love and it creates a person because if you take a person and remove their power of choice, their religious liberty, they go from being a person to a robot. That's the difference between a person and a robot is the power to choose. Mm -hmm. A robot doesn't have that because a robot does what a robot is programmed to do. And God could have created human beings that were incapable of doing evil. But if he had done so, love would never have existed. And God is love. Mm, That's a good point. And so the the whole great controversy, the whole gospel is based around religious liberty, freedom to choose. And that's right there in the Garden of Eden. Right in the Garden of Eden at the the very beginning. This is in Genesis chapter 2. You don't get nearer to the beginning of the Bible than that. Well, actually, Lyle, we can even go before the the creation of the garden. We can. Adam and Eve, because we've got got God's... We've got Lucifer. He's got the angels. Lucifer, God's most most gifted and his, um, I guess, the commander of, of the angels, as in, you know, the angel that was to 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 take care of and overlook all of the angels, his most trusted most powerful. senior, most powerful angel of all, Lucifer, uh, whose name means light bearer. He was right there in the presence of God. God gave him the right to exercise his freedom of religion, whether he would serve God or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is what God is all about. He's all about extending to us uh, the freedom, the power of choice. And you know, he created the angels with the power of choice. Then he created human beings with the power of choice. Everything that he's created has the power of choice because God is love. Mm. And God wants to have a relationship. Love is all about a relationship. You can't have a relationship with a robot. Yeah. 
And that's why it's so special. You can only have a relationship with somebody who chooses to love you. And that's right. And that's why we love weddings. Because yes. at the wedding altar, you're, you're asked, do you take this woman? Do you take this man? da di da di da And they say, I do. I freely choose. And that is the very essence and the very foundation of love. It is. So that's very powerful. So religious freedom is all about love. Absolutely. And, I mean, what's more important than love? The Bible says, you know, uh, these three three remain in 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, for God is love. So you are right, Lyle. We are talking about, I I would suggest, the most important subject of all. Because yes. we're talking about the character of God, we're talking That's about right. the love of God and, and freedom of religion. And the gospel. Of, the gospel. It's all the gospel cannot exist without the power of choice. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to pray and then we're going to uh, take a look at some scriptures. Um, we're going to take a look at some more questions in this space, but we need God to lead and to guide us. So Lyle, would you like to uh, have a prayer for us as we, as we begin this Bible study? Father in heaven, we thank you for your incredible love for us and the privilege it is to be able to serve you. We thank you that we have freedom and liberty and that we can choose either way and that because we have the power of choice, we can actually choose to love you, that we can experience love, that we can share love with others, none of which would be possible without religious liberty. We thank you so much for this and we pray that you'll guide us now as we read and study and share your word together. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lyle. And uh, this subject uh, really taps into what we've been looking at in the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation uh, the book of Daniel, we know that religious uh, liberty comes under attack there. And we've looked at that in Daniel chapter 3. Revelation where, chapter 13. And Revelation chapter 13 in the book of Revelation. So we'll, we'll look at some of those scriptures as we go along because those stories in the book of Daniel tell us a lot about what will happen at the end of time when once again religious freedom will come under the microscope such as we cannot even begin to imagine now, even though religious freedom is in the spotlight at the moment, but it's nothing compared to what's coming down the line. And so we're going to be looking at that. So the Bible talks a lot about, uh, in particular, the New Testament. We're going to take, take a look at the New Testament. The New Testament speaks of giving due respect to authority, government authority. So let's take a look at some of these scriptures. The first one, which is a a real key scripture, is Romans chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles, you may want to join us, Romans chapter 13, and verses 1 to 7, where the Apostle Paul, uh, writing to the believers in Rome, he addresses the issue of how do we we relate to government authority. And we've got to remember that the Apostle Paul is writing to Christians in Rome, in the heart of the Roman Empire. So this is the capital of the Roman Empire. And he is writing in the context of a Roman Empire that was not very favorable to religions that it did not consider as, you know, being part of being part of the the, the general fabric of society. If well, I here's, here's what happened with the Roman Empire was very interesting in the way that it, it approached um, various religions. Basically, the philosophy of the world, and there had been a philosophy mm. for a very long time, was that if our if our army conquered your army, then our gods were clearly stronger than yours. And so, as the empire expanded, and as it went out through the different world, and through throughout the world, and conquered the different nations of the world, it would license the religions of the nations that it conquered. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, when they conquered the Franks, they licensed the Frankish gods. Yep. And uh, they, and the, basically, the idea behind was that behind that was this: we have nothing to fear from the Frankish gods. Our gods, which for the Romans were Greek gods, 
are clearly stronger than your gods. So if you want to worship those gods, go ahead. <laughs> you know, be my guest. We're happy for you to worship those gods because they're weaker than ours and we're in good shape. The problem with Christianity was that it arose in the Roman Empire and it was a, the first religion the world had ever seen that crossed every national boundary. And so how do you go to war against Jesus, the Christian God? Which nation are you going to fight? Because he's worshipped by people from all nations. You, you come through the time of Constantine, one in ten people in the empire were Christian. You know, It just went like wildfire. Wow. They'd never seen anything like this before. And so here you had this God that was incredibly threatening to the Romans because they could never test this God in battle. And this is why the Christian religion was never licensed by the Roman Empire. Yeah. It was never a legal religion because it had never been tested by force of arms and it was a scary religion for them because well they didn't just they didn't know the limits of this god and whether they could handle it or not. And so the best way to to deal with it was to simply get rid of it. Mm. Because Judaism was accepted. Yes, Judaism by the Romans. because the Romans had conquered Judah and yeah. Jerusalem and they had licensed the worship of Yahweh. Yeah. Because they were not afraid of Yahweh because, well, we've conquered him. So obviously we don't need to worry about him. So they, they license that religion like, yep, sure, you go ahead and worship Yahweh. But then Jesus comes along and for the Romans, Jesus is a new God. Mm. Now we would say Jesus is Yahweh. We get that. Uh, but for the Romans, Jesus was a new God. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do with this particular God. And it kind of got to the point where anytime anything bad happened in the empire, it would get blamed on this new God. Like the burning of Rome? The burning Near of Rome, Rome uh, the flooding of the Tiber, you know, a big earthquake that went through Asia Minor. You know, the list goes on and on and on of all of the different events that got blamed on this new God that is like, well, we've allowed this God to exist and we've allowed people to worship him in our empire. And then it's like, okay, but, you know, normally in this situation where we're threatened by a God, we would raise the legions and go to war with that nation. Mm -hmm. How do you do that with Christianity? Yeah, well, you couldn't. And this is why this and religion peace, was so badly persecuted. And they were peace-loving people. Yes. Uh, that, you know, Jesus taught them to turn the other cheek. That's right. Um, and don't go to war, you know. And, Absolutely. And so they were, they were kind of very different to, to the Jews who were, you know, looking to rebel at, at every turn. Many of them, there were zealots and there were uprisings and so on and so forth. And, and in the past when very new gods different. had come along, what would happen is that tribes would form around those new gods and these would be tribes that would be warlike and they would be defensive and they would grow in power and if the god survived then they obviously grew into a nation. Whereas with this god, because it was a peace-loving god, you didn't have tribes and you didn't have military power that was gathering around the worship of this god. You had missionaries. Mm. It was very different. The world had never seen anything like it. So they didn't wield the sword? No. They wielded the word. That's right. The Everywhere they word. went, they took the Bible with them. And this is what Diocletian eventually figured out in the end, was that the problem with Christianity was that there was this thing called the Bible, and whatever the Bible existed and the writings of the, apostle existed, the apostles existed, Christianity would exist. Mm. And so... You know, he came along and he's like, okay, we're going to ban the leadership of Christianity. Um, we're going to ban the membership and we're going to go after every copy of the Bible we can lay our hands on. Mm. He was the first emperor to actually try that. Is that right? Wow. Yes. And the last. Wow. Very, very powerful. So that sets the, that sets the scene, folk, um, for our Bible study. So you've got a, a good understanding of, of the background that the Apostle Paul is, is writing to the believers. So sit back, 
uh, listen to this song, Battle Hymn of the Republic, and then we're going to get into Romans chapter 13. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea. With the glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. While God is marching on, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on, his truth is marching on. Wow, that was Shadaisy. What voices, Lyle? Amazing voices right there with the Battle Hymn of the Republic. That was just awesome. I just love that a cappella coming through. Um, just love to listen. I can't sing like that, but I love to listen. Welcome back to um, Faith FM, Looking Up, and you're with Lyle and Danny, and we are looking at religious liberty, religious freedom, and how this is the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is at the very heart of God's love, and this is how he built and designed us from the very beginning of time. So this is our subject on this afternoon's program. Just want to thank the one, the folk that have sent me through birthday greetings. I mean, we have been swamped, literally swamped <laughs> with birthday greetings. Yeah, as this is Danny's fiftieth. Fiftieth, there has been one zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number of people who have wished him a happy birthday. No, no, that's no. the number. There's call. a whole bunch of people that have been planning to send a message through. So far, only one has Lyle. Only one, and that's Sharissa. <laughs> Thank you, Sharissa. I was thinking there was no one out there. There was absolutely no one out there. It was going to be a really rough downhill experience after 50. Okay, so it's Sharissa uh, so and, and Justin, Justin are on the road right now. They're on the road. They're on the road right now. Danny, Danny, you can count that as two people. That's two people, wow. You can count that as two. Two so people, so that's true. Wow. I've got, I've got two. There's people that love you still. Two people, that's wonderful. Yeah. My dog loves me. My dog loves me. That's we had the, the dog. dogs. 
couple of day, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, my little Gracie in here, and um, and she just, yeah, she was just so beautiful. What kind of a dog do you have, Danny? She's a tiny toy cavoodle. So she's oh, literally, literally, you fit her in your handbag. You can, I can pop her in a pot in my pocket almost. She's just a little tiny little thing, but she makes a lot of noise. You know, you know, these are yes. sort of the noisy dogs. Um, she loves people, loves people to death, just loves people to death. But with other dogs, it's amazing. Like we'll come across a massive dog, and she'll want to eat it. Yeah, I'm like, are you serious? I'll take you on. Like the dog's like about twenty times her size at least, if not more. And your dog is like, hold my drink. I'm taking this one on. <laughs> this is not going to end well, Gracie. This is not going to end well. So anyway, but yeah, she came in a couple of weeks ago, so she was our special guest. So Romans chapter 13, Lyle, can you uh, lead us through Romans 13? Okay, where were verses, we up to? Give us, give us those verses again. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. So this is the passage that the Apostle Paul is um, using his his writing to the believers in Rome, yeah, to the Roman Empire, and this is what he has to say regarding how we interact with uh, government authority. In that Christianity is Absolutely. an unlicensed religion within yes, that empire. Indeed. Let every soul be subject, or let every, every person be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are of a, are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. And those that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Will you then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and you shall have the praise of the same. For he is the minister of God, for he is the minister of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Wherefore you must be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause, uh, pay your taxes also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Give therefore to all their dues, tribute or tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, and honour to whom honour. Okay, so here very clearly the Apostle Paul is saying that the government leaders, the elected government leaders, yes, are God's ministers. Yes, uses that language. They God's does. ministers, and so, so Lyle, let me ask you. So, so just be, if I, okay. before you yeah. ask that question, I just want to point out here that you know this was a very secular government. Yeah, I mean, at times it would become quite religious. Some of the emperors, you know, we mentioned Diocletian earlier, was very religious, but most of the time it was a very secular government. Uh, they've got an unlicensed religion, and he's basically saying, "Look, obey these guys." Wherever it doesn't violate your conscience, you know if it's not if it's not got to do with worship, obey them because for the most part they are there for your good. So this is the apostle Paul who has uh, experienced time in a Roman prison. There yes. was Philippi with Silas. Yes, um, and he is saying respect the government leaders as ministers. He's been stoned several times. Uh, he's been beaten. Yeah. And he's been imprisoned. But he is saying, that's exactly what he's saying. That's phenomenal. That, and that he's really saying that for phenomenal. the most part, they are there to look out for you for good. That's right. That's right. So now, when it's interesting. We, we read verse 6 where it says, you know, um, for because of this you pay, pay taxes, taxes um, and so forth. You know, render therefore, verse 7, you know, the taxes uh, that are due and so on, customs and so forth. That reminds me of the words of Jesus. When, when the religious leaders came, 
on one occasion toward the end of his ministry to tempt him, to trap him. And they asked, you know, shall we pay, you know, taxes to Caesar? Yes or no? Ah, uh, they thought they had him trapped. Yeah, they thought, and do you because remember? if he says yes, they're going to say you're non, you're unpatriotic to the Jewish nation. If he says no, they say you're raising an insurrection against Rome. So they thought they had him between a rock and a hard place, and they thought they had him trapped for sure. And what did Jesus respond with? He he said, "Show me a coin." Mm. You know, because that's what you're going to pay your taxes with. Show me a coin. He's like, "Whose image is on the coin?" It's Caesar's image on the coin. This belongs to Caesar. You know, that's whose face is there. So give to God the things that belong to God, the things that his face are on, and give to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar, the things that his face are on. Don't mix the two together. Great principle in separation of church and state right there. It is. It is. Absolutely. The separation of church and state is how a democracy functions. And that really is the, I mean, the United States of America was really the first um, democracy such as we understand democracy today in the world. Would that be correct? I know you did a big series on the United States um, in Prophecy last year. And by the way, you can can people still access that series on the end.digital? Is it still on yes, there? Yes, absolutely. So that the United States and... So I'm going to make a slight correction on that. Okay, go for the it. The United States is a republic, not a, not a democracy. Okay, okay but, but it's... You can't yeah. have one without the other. Yeah, w- what I mean is it's governed... Um, by the people. By the people. Governed and, by the people for the people. And democratic principles... Democratically um, government. Exactly. Government, I mean, yes. they elect their yes. leaders. Anyone can be elected. The difference is that in well, a democracy, in a democracy, you have majority rule. In a republic, you have constitutional rule. Okay, do you want to explain the difference between the two? Okay, so a constitutional rule is where you have limits on the democracy. Mm-hmm. So in a democracy... Uh, the majority is always going to have the power, which means that minorities are always going to have no power. So there's going to be persecution against minorities. In a in a republic, you have a constitution, and what happens is that the constitution is written to protect the minorities. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if you look at the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which protects religious liberty, religious freedom, if you are the majority religion in that country, so I think the biggest religion in America is probably you know evangelical Christians. If you're an evangelical Christian, you don't need a constitution to protect you because you have protection by the by the simple reality that you are a majority. A majority mm-hmm. never needs protection. Yep, yep, makes sense. And so the reason that you have a constitution is not to protect a majority; it's to protect the minorities. Mm-hmm. And so this is where it differs from a democracy. A democracy is 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 majority rule. Yes, okay. Whereas a republic, a constitutional republic, is uh, constitutional rule by democratically elected leaders. Mm, so there's a difference between the two. Yes. But there are some underlying um, similarities. similarities. Absolutely. Yeah. Between the two. Yeah, a republic is a government by the people for the people, which requires a democracy, you know, a democratic process to make it work. Yep. Yep. That makes very good sense. That makes very, very good sense. Now, it's interesting that the Ten Commandments are divided in two parts. You have the first four, you know, based on the words of Jesus, you know, render unto Caesar the things that belong to render unto God the things that belong to God. The Ten Commandments are divided into two parts. You've got the first four commandments that deal with our relationship with God. Yes. And that is between us and God, and no one has a right um, to, to tell us how to think, what to think, you know, to dictate how our how we worship. exactly how do we worship. And the last six have to deal with how do we relate with one another. So we've got the first four on a vertical level, the last six, um, beginning with, you know, honouring your mother and your father. 
and the family is horizontal. So these two principles of keeping them separate is is right there in the heart of God's law, and God's law is the is the very um it, it's it's his character. It's a transcript of his character. It's a transcript of who he is. So we have so we have this separation of church and state right there in the Ten Commandments. Yes. Fascinating. Okay. So now now let me ask you a question, all right? A real question that comes from legislation that came out in Victoria this year. Okay, you're well familiar. Ooh, yes. You're well familiar with that um anti uh What's it called again? I, I always get confused. Anti-conversion bill. Yeah, anti-conversion and suppression bill. I think that was it. Um, uh, twenty twenty. I think it was when it was drafted. And anyway, it was put into it was put into law in um, twenty twenty one. I think this year in January, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere there. The government there. We've just read that we ought to obey government, and we'll look at some more scriptures. But the government in that bill has legislated against um, against the, the advice and the recommendations and the many petitions from various religious leaders and persuasions, um, as well as non-religious individuals. Uh, the government still placed in that legislation that you are not allowed to pray for someone from the LGBT plus community who comes to you asks and asks prayer. you for prayer. You are not allowed to pray for them, whether it be in Victoria or elsewhere in Australia. You can be potentially prosecuted. Now, where so this, is, this is a massive infringement on religious liberty, and you're going to have people who are imprisoned for their faith because of this. Um, and I just want to say that if there is anybody in Victoria or anywhere else in Australia that would like prayer for any reason, mm. any reason at all, Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Call us now, and Absolutely. we will pray for you. Absolutely, regardless will, of what it is. Regardless of what it is, we are Christians, and that's what Christians do. Christians pray for people that are struggling with things. Mm. Now, the reason that Victoria was able to get away with this is from a, a little-known fact. You know, a lot of people don't actually realize that we are the only parliamentary democracy in the world that does not have a positive protection for freedom of religion. Is that right? We're the only parliamentary, we're a parliamentary democracy, unlike the United States, which is a republic. We are the only parliamentary democracy in the world that has no positive um, protection for religious freedom. Wow. We have nothing in our constitution to protect us, protect religious freedom. So where do we get our religious freedom rights from? Is that from like the UN Charter? We have none. none. International law? We have none. Wow, we don't. We have our religious liberty in this country and has existed in this country since 1901 mm-hmm. based on our culture. Are you serious? That's it. That's incredible. There is no legal provision for it. Now, of course, with each piece of, piece of legislation that goes through, there will be uh, exemptions that are placed in there for religion. And the reason those exemptions are placed into the legislation is because our culture is a freedom-loving culture. And uh, the you know the, the government at the time recognises well we're going to annoy a whole bunch of people if we don't have these exemptions here we don't want to annoy those people so we won't mm-hmm. and so we get those exemptions in there until you get situations like Victoria mm. where if somebody calls you up and is struggling with body acceptance yep and wants to accept the body that they have and asks you to pray for them because they are struggling with that. And you pray for them. Here in New South Wales, in the Northern Territory, Tasmania, wherever it might be, you can be extradited to Victoria and imprisoned 
before praying that prayer. This is where we are in Australia right now. Now you might say, okay, that's a long shot. It's unlikely that anybody's going to be imprisoned under that. That's not the point. I don't know whether it's likely or unlikely. I think that there are actually a lot of uh, very aggressive people amongst the uh, the LGBT plus community who would actually instigate those kinds of court cases. But whether it happens or not, what is important is the precedent that has been set. Mm. Because once you create that precedent, then that is a part of a well, Victorian law, and now you can now you can infringe on li- religious liberty to your heart's consent. We're going to listen to right now the Forbes family with which wow. way will you choose? This is fascinating, folk, and we're going to come back. And I've got a big question to follow on from what Lyle has been sharing. And so sit back, and we'll be back with some more. As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins. Saying love will bring us peace if you put your hope in me. Renounce the name of Jesus or be slain. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose As the masses take his mark Believe a lie to chill their hearts They'll know the time has come The seal of faith Those who claim to the cross Will refuse and pay the cost As God redeems his own From the sea of hate Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to the Forbes family which way will you choose and that's what we're talking about Lyle we're talking about choice the freedom to express your choice something that is fundamental to humanity from when God created Adam and Eve indeed absolutely well you you raised a, a very significant point in the discussion on that Victorian legislation yes I want to take it once. It's one of the reasons we were talking about the Victorian legislation. It's one of the reasons why our giveaway for today. Yeah, tell us about that. Is called Politics and Prophecy: The Battle for Religious Liberty and the Authentic Gospel, because politics and prophecy is going hand in hand right now, and you can see it with the Victorian legislation. 
And Victoria is really just, you know, the there are a number of other states. WA WA is planning on South Australia, on, Queensland on putting in place the exact same legislation yes, from what have, I've read. Uh, but South Australia and Queensland also have anti-conversion therapy. It's just that I mean anti-conversion um, legislation. Yeah, but it's taken. It's yeah, just that Victoria's taken it to an extra level. Taken it to an okay now. <clears throat> parents, all right. I'm a parent. Yes. You've been a parent. Yes. Um, if you're in Victoria, you have no rights. Exactly. So, so the reality is, as a parent in Victoria, you could have your ten year old, your eleven, twelve year old little boy, little girl come home from school mm-hmm. and say, "Mum, Dad, I have decided, I have chosen to have a transition." Yes. And I want uh, that hormone replacement therapy, and I want to go through the transition of becoming a little girl or a little boy, being the opposite to what I was born. Yes. And you as a parent, according to the current legislation, are not able to interpose and say, no, we will not be going down that road right now. When you get to 18, when you become an adult, then you can make your own choices. But at this point in time, we will not pursue that line. Instead, we're going to take you to a counsellor or a therapist or whoever to try and help you and um, and, and to try and work this through. But we yeah, are 99, not... 99.99% of the time, you're not going to have to go to a counsellor or anything like that. That's right, you won't. Because, but... it's, because it's just, you know, kids kids identify as all kinds of different things all the time. I remember being a kid and identifying as a cowboy one day and as an Indian the next, you know. Yeah. It's just how kids are. Um, that's, that's the nature and of being a child grow, and, and letting eventually... your imagination go wild and, and having right. fun with that. And they eventually grow out of it. You know, of course we, they do. We, we know from, and we know, we know now um, from many cases that are coming through that individuals who have gone down that road um, have 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 regretted that. Children, children that go that, children under the age of eighteen who go down that road have a ninety percent failure rate. Ninety percent wow. of them regret having attempted to transition. Okay, but as a parent, as a parent yes. now, based on this. Legislation in Victoria, you are not able to stop your child from going down that road. You okay, can so be I want you, I want you to, So I want, how does this work? Is this really happening? This is, this is how bizarre our world is right now. I want you to think about this for a moment. You're under the age of 18. You, you, ha- you can't consent to sex, right? Yep. So if you, right. if you have a sex with somebody who's under the age of, age of 18, that's, that's rape right there because a child can't consent. Child, child, child doesn't have the power to be able to consent. Okay, um, if you have, if you're a child under the age of 18, we don't trust you with all kinds of things. You go to a school and look at the list of things that a child is not trusted with. Mm. Okay, my kid got, my kid came to me one time and said, "Can I take my pocket knife to school?" And of course, when I was a kid, I always had a pocket knife at school. I'm like, "Of course you can take it to school." Got in trouble. They were going to call the police. <laughs> You know, because because as a kid, and you can't be trusted with those kinds of things. We don't. Yeah. If you're a child under the age of eighteen, you can't go to Bunnings and buy a rattle can of spray paint. Is that right? No, right. It's, that's why they're locked up. That's why you'll, you'll find your wow. rattle cans are behind a, in a locked cabinet. Okay. There are so many things that we don't trust children with. You can't get a tattoo, I understand, unless you're an adult. I haven't looked into that because yeah. ink is not really my thing, but, you know, whatever. And and so as a society, we've made good laws to protect our children because they don't. the Bible says that foolishness lives in the heart of a child. That's the way it's meant to be. 
That's right, because they're, they're growing, not, they're learning. They, they, they need their meant, parents to, to guide they us. They are not meant to know everything that we know. Yeah. And so we now have a situation where you can't buy a rattle can of paint, but you can transition your gender. Wow. Irreversible, right? irreversible. Irreversible. Yeah. Irreversible. Okay? So you can do irreversible changes to your body. Well, you can't change your gender because there's only two genders and that's impossible yeah. to do. We get that. Well, we think we do. Um, so, so these are these are irreversible. Not only that, but you can have operations that are irreversible operations to have you know bits and pieces of your body cut off. Mm. Okay, this is all under the age of eighteen. Okay, this is this this is this is major major surgery, and we now have the fact that or the the reality that it has a ninety percent failure rate. In other words, ninety percent of children who choose to go down that path regret having done so. So that illustrates clearer than anything else that children don't have the capacity to be able to make this choice. Yep. This is the only medical procedure that has a 90% failure rate and which we support. In fact, we support it so much that 10 years ago there was one gender clinic in the entire United States. That's right. Now there are over 300 yeah, I remember. And they that. are catering to children. Yeah. You know, if we if we normalized, you know, the whole transgender thing, uh, and okay, it's normalized now, so there's no social stigma attached to it. And so you had a lot of transgenders who are coming out of the closet and transitioning their gender, the transitioning would be taking place evenly across all ages. Mm. But it's not. It's happening with children, and primarily it is young girls that are doing this, and they are going to these gender clinics and they are saying things like, I'm non-binary, yeah, and they'll have their breasts cut off. Mm. Wait a minute. Where did we ever come to the conclusion that a non-binary person looks like a man? You know, why does, why does being non-binary require having your breasts taken off? Mm. This is the insanity that our world has reached right now. This is how bizarre, truly bizarre. It, you know, there used to be a time when secular people used to come at Christians and say, you know, you Christians, you don't believe in science. We, we, we believe in science. We believe in, in, in what is observable and testable mm, and repeatable right, and, right. and the whole scientific method. And by the way, I, I completely agree with what everything, empirical science, what is observable, testable and repeatable, I am 100% on board with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now we have a situation where Christians are the only ones who are backing science and the world, the secular world who used to accuse us of being the science deniers have become the science deniers. And they've said, oh, you know, there's like 120 different genders and and counting. Wow. There's an infinite number, you know, and and it just goes on and on from there. This is the, this is the, you know, this is the greatest evidence we have right now that Jesus is coming back soon. I was going to say that, Lyle, for me, that is the greatest evidence because when the family unit, when marriage in the family um, gets ripped apart, gets shredded by our society, then there's nothing left. We are at the end of the road. And I've said this over and over again, but a healthy society is founded and grounded on marriage and family. Yes. Biblical marriage and family. Whether, Whether you're religious or not, regardless, it makes no difference, but... 
marriage and the family has been the bedrock and the foundation for healthy societies for the last six millennia. When that is, goes by the way, it's all over. It's curtains. There's nothing left to hold up our society. This is well recognised. All research, all research points to that. And this is the reason why government regulates marriage. That's right. This is the reason why that, you, Danny, as a minister, or myself as a as a minister, our right to be able to do marriages is managed by the government and you are married by the Australian government because they want to regulate good society and they've recognised that all research, 100% of research, has pointed out that the best thing for society, for good society, is a good family where a mother and father raise their biological children. There's, there's no piece of research that says anything otherwise, yeah. and now we are denying all that research, we are denying all that science, and we are madly driving ourselves down the path of destruction. We are, we are, we are just going headlong into an ideology that is the complete denial of... Of science and research. Yeah. We have gone so far to the left, you know, to use those terms, you know, right and left. We have gone so far to the left that now it's uh, it's beyond logic. You, you cannot... It's now, it's now that the right is, is, is somewhere where the left used to be 10 years ago. Exactly. And it's interesting, when I take a look at the fifth commandment... Before you go there... Well, go. We had somebody text something through and they wanted to ask about Section 116 of the Australian Constitution. Okay. So if you look up Section 116, it actually sounds really good. It's very brief. It's like only a couple of sentences long, and it's about religious liberty. Mm-hmm. And some people are saying, well, don't we have this in the Australian Constitution? The answer is no. And the reason that we don't have it in the Australian Constitution is because we have the High Court, and the job of the High Court is to interpret the Constitution. Uh, this was placed in the Constitution by the effort of Christians, and particularly Seventh-day Adventists back in 1901. But within a couple of years of it being placed there, it was struck down by the High Court mm. through their interpretive ability. And, of course, all lower courts are bound by the decisions of the High Court. That's right. And so it's never existed as a uh, as religious liberty in this country. So wow. some, some people sort of think, oh, yeah, but we've got section... No, you don't have section 116. Yeah. If, you, if you're relying anything on section 116, you are dreaming. And that is why we have the, the drafting of the Religious Discrimination Bill. That's right. Uh, Absolutely. Two years ago, 2019. We would not be drafting that if section 116 had any legal standing. However, there's, there's been a lot of pushback against the Religious Discrimination Bill from, from the left. Um, I remember reading one article... Um, and, and this is not a strong religious discrimination bill. No, it's, it's not. not strong at all. No, it's not at all. It's, it's just, just asking for basic religious freedoms. Very now. basic stuff. Very Nothing basic. like as strong as what they've got in the US or other uh, parliamentary democracies. So the the religious left, sorry, the religious left, the the political left. It's uh, a religious and, left. And, yes, they are. They, they are their it's own religion. When you, when you are focused, when, are when your own policy religion, is driven true. by ideology and yeah. not science, that's that's a religion. That's the realm of religion. That's exactly right. So they're saying that if um, if this religious discrimination bill passes, which is stalled, which is stalled, and I'm assuming you know there's a lot of pressure on our current government, even though our prime minister um, Scott Morrison uh, pledged that he would provide. In in law, um, freedoms some of framework. religion. That's yes. right. Some kind of framework. 
It was drafted. It was ready to be rolled out at the beginning of 2020, at the beginning of last year, and then COVID came to town, of course. And it's been put on the back burner. And now there are many from all religious persuasions that are very concerned that in the next 12 months there's going to be an election or sooner. And the promise that yeah, you're Scott Morrison made, exactly right. Um, and so they're concerned. And so they're doing their utmost to put it back on the agenda. Yes, because that would give us some protection. Yeah. You know, at the moment, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are the only parliamentary democracy in the world that has no protection. That would give us some protection, but it would still be the weakest protection in the world, mm. in, in the world of parliamentary democracies. Wow. wow. And so in Australia, you can, be, you can lose your job, um, you can lose your business yes. if you choose to practice uh, your religious convictions. Yes. For example, for example, there was one case, and I know Martin Isles, you know, you've had him here on the show. Yes. He's from the Australian Christian Lobby. And yeah, he does an amazing work, a great work. Very, very good lawyer. He's a very good lawyer. And he, he, he um, works for and works on behalf of individuals who are experiencing religious discrimination either in the workforce. Christians. Christians, exactly yes. right. And, and he was pointing out one interesting case. I remember listening um, where I think it was a photographer. Yeah, it was a wedding photographer. Uh, he, Jason Tay. Sorry? Jason Tay. Oh, so you, you know the story. And this wedding photographer, if I remember the story correctly, um, he was approached by, I'm not sure if it was two men or two women that wanted to get same married. Sex couple. Anyway, same-sex couple. I can't remember. Anyway, and he shared with them his convictions and he said, look, you know, let me give you other photographers that would do a far better work than I could because of my religious convictions yeah, and so forth. He and was. He said he was prepared to do the photography, and he was prepared to but do. But he it just there. didn't feel he could do justice to it because his heart yeah, wouldn't be in it. That was right. And the guy was taken. He was taken to court. Oh, absolutely. Over that, and the magistrate stated that before the before the case was heard, the magistrate publicly stated that he was going to find him guilty. Wow. You know that's that's where we are in Australia today. That's incredible. So this is driven by ideology. This has got nothing to do with, you know, science or research or good government or, you know, good society. This is just blind ideology that is driving our nation to destruction. Yeah. It's driving wow. us towards the end of time. It's driving us towards the return of Jesus Christ. That's what it's doing. It is. And um and after this song from Caleb and Kelsey, King of Kings, we're gonna talk a little bit about um the preacher in the pulpit. And what can and can't be said, and um, what does the Bible teach? So sit back, folk, listen to this beautiful song, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk preaching. In the darkness, we were weak, without hope, without light. Till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the
everyone you're listening to a repeat of our live show looking up that's right and if you think this is good you'll definitely want to tune in on wednesdays at 3 30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate there's a free giveaway that you can claim you can text in your questions and prayer requests live is so much more fun so catch you then and you're with Lyle and Danny on Faith FM looking up and we are in the final run, Lyle. I can't believe the time has flown by. We've had a pretty heavy um, heavy subject here this afternoon. It's yeah. been good. It's great. The religious liberty. And I know this we, is we've, your got passion. An, we've got another 15 minutes of it left, though. We so do. We it's, do. It's going to so, be epic. So we're really blessed to have Lyle in. And uh, because we have him in today, standing in or sitting in for Sharissa, I should say, I, I chose this topic uh, before we move on to another topic because Lyle is not only passionate, as I am, but he is also very knowledgeable. Now, Lyle, when it comes to the pulpit, uh, We don't know what laws uh, are coming down the road. Um, I'm not sure what you can and can't preach in Victoria now. I'm not sure how this legislation uh, that we've been talking about um, applies to to the preacher in the pulpit. But does this mean that as Christians, as preachers, uh, we ought to we ought to you know water down or neglect preaching some solid preaching biblical truths, say from creation from from the garden. When it comes to when it comes to um, not possibly offending and ending up on the wrong side of the law, for example, 
you know, getting up and saying that marriage is between one man and one woman to the exclusion of all others. Now, that would be very offensive in today's oh, yes. environment. Very offensive. Now, how do we stand? Where do we go with that? The Bible teaches that. The Bible says that. Um, don't blame me. I didn't write the Bible, but I am a Christian and I do love Jesus. And so I will read what he said. Absolutely. And I think this is where, this is, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, having respect for authority and government. But I believe that what the uh, what Peter said and the other disciples yes, in there's a balance to Acts this. Five twenty nine. Yes, we ought to obey God rather than men. Rather than men, when it comes to biblical truth. And this is the thing: there are so many laws out there that we don't like. You know, right now we're in the middle of lockdown, and I don't like it. I don't like wearing a mask. Fortunately, you know, we just, don't have to do that on radio. Just, that's right. We don't have to do it on radio. We have an exemption for radio, which is fantastic. But I don't like wearing a mask. I just simply don't like it. And I could come up with all kinds of excuses not to, but the Bible says that we should obey the laws where the laws are not violating our conscience. And wearing the mask does not violate my conscience. And if it violates your conscience, I'd say you've got a bit of an issue. You've got a bit of a problem there, right? Yeah, yeah. This is not a biblical hill, you know, a biblical position, a, a hill to die on. Yeah. Uh, the Bible says that we should, there are some places where it is a hill to die on and that we should stand by what the Bible says. But the Bible doesn't say, you know, if a pandemic comes by, we either wear a mask or don't wear a mask or otherwise. The Bible just says nothing on that. And so if the government says so, regardless of whether we think it is right or wrong, that's not the issue. The issue is that the Bible says, obey the government unless it violates your conscience. Mm. It doesn't say obey the government only when the government is right. Yeah. It says obey the government unless it violates your conscience. And wearing a mask is not going to violate my conscience. So that's a really important distinction. It is a very important that distinction. That we need to make. Now, and we often don't make, as Christians, we often don't make a good job of making that distinction. So earlier you said if you have a prayer need for whatever reason, please call. Regardless of yes. what it is, please call. That's right. I will pray I for you every time, any time. That's absolutely. However, when in church we are prohibited from singing and praising the Lord through song, you don't see that as a breach of your conscience. Not at all. Now, I understand, because, this, yeah. and this is for me, yeah. right? In my religion, my religion, my, 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 uh, my faith can survive without singing. Mm -hmm. It's not a requirement of my faith. It's a privilege of my faith. Now, somebody else might have a different faith from mine, and so in the United States there are some churches who have been able to challenge these kinds of restrictions very, very successfully because they have, as a part of their constitution, religious liberty, and they can claim that this is a, 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 an integral part of our faith, it's a required part of our faith, and so they can ch challenge it from that perspective. For me personally, this is not a requirement. I can be a follower of Jesus without singing. It is not violating my conscience to not sing. And therefore, if the government says don't sing, it doesn't mean that I won't like it. I don't like it when I can't sing. Mm. It doesn't mean that I think it's wrong or right. I don't have to think that it's right. The issue is does it violate my conscience or not? It does not violate my conscience. And so therefore, if the government says so, I won't sing. And the other question in line with that is going to church. Um, as you pointed out in the United States, some of the churches, and even here in Australia, it, there was a there's a minister in in Melbourne, I understand, who who continued 
to operate. Um, well, there are some churches that and require. He was prosecuted, being open every day. That's a part of their religion. That's right. Okay, so particularly if you consider your Roman Catholic churches and so forth with auricular confession and the sacraments being a requirement for our salvation, then actual attendance at that is a necessity as a part of their faith. And so from a religious liberty perspective, then they would have a conscience-bound duty to keep their doors open, whereas uh, for me, in my faith... In that kind of a situation, I just go bush. Mm. It's like I'll invite some people to sit around a campfire where there is no legal restriction and we can study the Bible there. Absolutely. So just because the church is closed and you're not able to go to church, that does not impact your your, your freedom to express your faith through your conscience. Absolutely. So we need to make that distinction because we have in Daniel chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 6, we have two very interesting cases there that I believe will be repeated at the end of time. And we're going to take a look at Revelation 13 in just a moment. But in Daniel chapter 3, there you have false worship prescribed. Yes. Okay. At the, at the point of death. If not, the fiery furnace awaits you. In Daniel ch- chapter 6, we have true worship prohibited. So in one, we have false worship um, forced. In the other, we have true worship prohibited. In both cases, we have Daniel and his friends saying, no, we will continue to worship God. The three boys, his three, his Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they end up in the fiery furnace. Daniel ends up in the lion's den. Whereas you have in Daniel chapter 1, you have the change of name. So you have Daniel and his friends, they are given Babylonian names based on the Babylonian gods. Yes. Now, you don't have any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You, 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 don't have, you don't have opposition from Daniel and his friends saying, no, we are willing to die on this hill. We are not willing to allow you to change our names and we will not go by this new Babylonian name. Do you, do you see anything there that we can take from that there story? There is so from- much in this story. There is so much in this story. Daniel goes by Belteshazzar, his friends take on you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, which are the names of Babylonian gods. And, you know, as I've said many times before, you can call me anything you want. Just don't call me late (laughs) for food. Um, And and they looked at it's just a name. There's nothing in the name. Mm. But when they were asked to worship the golden image or when they were asked to not pray to God, then they're like, no, we're going to continue doing that. We've always done that, and this is a requirement of our faith. Prayer is a requirement of my faith. Daily prayer is a requirement of my faith. Three times a day. That was part of his... That was part of his faith. That's right. Um, And, you know, daily prayer for you and I, Danny, taking that time to connect with God, to confess our sins, that's a non-negotiable for us as a Christian. So this is where we ought to obey God rather than man. Exactly. Exactly. So in the story of Daniel and his friends, you're going to find places where they obeyed man, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Belteshazzar, and places where they obeyed God the fiery furnace, the lion's den, and they were prepared to give their lives rather than violate their conscience. It's a really good example, Danny. I'm glad yeah. you brought that one up. Yeah, in Revelation chapter 13, um, Lyle, if we could go there for a moment, Revelation chapter 13 discusses this final worship war yes. where, where around the world um, false worship will be prescribed, just like we have in the book of Daniel, and true worship um, will be prohibited. That's right. And um, and the consequences are very serious. So Revelation 13, we have here a description 
of a time when those who are not willing to receive the mark of the beast, and we've looked at that on our program, um, will not be able to buy and sell, and ultimately there will be a death decree. Do you want to read that passage from Revelation 13? Uh, this is this is really powerful. For from say verse from verse 14 um, all the way through to verse 17. The Bible says he deceives those that live on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to those that live on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had a wound by a sword and yet lived. And he had power to give life to the image of the beast, that the beast would both speak and force as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Wow. That's, that's, that's the ultimate there. Uh, he forces all small and great, rich and poor to fr- free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no one could buy or sell except he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Okay. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Okay, this is right at the end of time. We are it not is. there. We are not there, but I believe we are moving quickly in well, that If you direction. want to know how close we're there, you're going to have to tune in next Wednesday, yes. 8 o'clock to the end.digital when we talk about the end of time. Wow. And you're going to be raising these subjects? Yes. And unpacking them? Very much so. Fantastic. All right. Now, here we have, you. we mentioned earlier regarding Daniel and his friends, they, they were not perturbed by having their names changed. They were not willing to, you know, they didn't push back against that, but they certainly did when it came to, you know, worshipping the image and not praying. What if someone says to you, what's the big deal if I receive this mark in my right hand or in my forehead? If I receive it, um, what's the big deal? I can still worship God in my heart. What's the big deal? Is there a big deal? There absolutely is a big deal. And, you know, if you look at the story of Daniel and the lion's den, um, the Bible tells the story of how he prayed three times a day in his window, with his window open towards Jerusalem. Now, God can hear out. God doesn't need you to have your window open for you to be able to hear your prayers, for him to be able to hear your prayers. That's not what is required. That's right. Jesus but this said, was, pray, in, pray in the closet. That's right. This was his habit. His habit was yeah. that he would pray towards Jerusalem because he was praying for uh, the liberation of his people and uh, the return of the exiles to Jerusalem. That's right. And so he could have on, you know, for that whole month, just closed the window, gone into his closet and prayed. And uh, they, and he would never have landed in the lion's den. There would never have been any problem with that whatsoever at all. But what would have that what message would that have communicated mm. to the city of Babylon? Daniel had been in there in the at the you know, prime minister of the empire of Babylon. You know, now he's prime minister of the Persian Empire. And as such, he has publicly stated his entire life. And you know, he's in his like eighties, you know, his yeah. late eighties by now. He's publicly stated his entire life that Yahweh is the greatest God, is the only God. That's the life that he's lived. It, the moment he closed his window, he would have by his actions. By his actions, he would have stated that his God was not powerful enough to save him from the Persian gods. Mm, So what you're saying is that our outward witness at the end of time will require God's people, if they are to remain faithful to God, to stand up and say, no, we will not receive the mark of the beast under any circumstances, even if it means we cannot buy or sell or our life 
will be taken away from us. So this is an issue of of worship and allegiance. So this is the same as what happened in Daniel chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 6 at the end of time. It is. It's a repeat. Because we have false worship here prescribed in Revelation 13, but we also have true worship as well, prohibited. That's right. And that's exactly what you've, you know, if you look at, uh, if you look at Daniel chapter 3, you've got an image. Yeah. That image is an image of a world government. That world government is called Babylon. Yeah. Right? The, the issue is worship. It's your actions that define true and false worship. The penalty is death and the righteous are saved from fire. If you look at that image at the end of in, in Revelation chapter 13, it's an image. It's an image to a, a government. It's an image to a world government. That world government is called Babylon. Mm. The issue is worship. The commandments of God, obedience defines who you worship. Yeah. The penalty is death and the righteous are saved from fire. God is communicating to us in Revelation 13 and Daniel chapter 3, this is what's going to happen at the end of time. And another interesting comparison, you have the image in Daniel 3, which was um, uh, 60 cubits high, 6 cubits wide, and and 6 cubits de- deep. I understand when they don't give six, the six, deep. Six. So 666, six, six, and you've got in Revelation 13, 18, 666. Six, six. So, yeah, these connection points. So Daniel and his friends were not willing to bend the knee, and God's people at the end of time will not be willing to bend the knee because the seal of God is the opposite to the mark of the beast. And the seal of God, you're going to cover that in the, in the end of time series but the seal of god really is in a nutshell complete surrender and allegiance to god at the end of time that's right and this is and this is the issue you're going to find that the issue between the seal of god and mark of the beast we talked about it before it's all about worship well that word appears over and over again in revelation 13 14 and you eight times worship if it's all about worship yeah you can't have a showdown without having worship being enforced. Satan can't take complete control of this world without forcing worship. And this is why he hates religious liberty, and this is why he's fighting so hard against it, and this is why he's creating precedents now that seem innocuous Mm. but will be used to create legislation in the future. Boy, oh boy, we are are moving into some very interesting territory, and um, folk... We have got so much more to share on this. We don't have time um, to deal with it because we are pretty much at the end of the program, Lyle. But I thank God that in the end of time series, the end dot digital, you're going to unpack. I've got 12 nights to talk about this stuff. This is going to be fantastic. I'm so looking forward to it. And that starts next Wednesday, July 14, 8 p.m. on Faith FM or live. That's right. Okay, so we've been talking about the book Politics and Prophecy, the battle for religious liberty and the authentic gospel as our giveaway for today. This one is probably the most outstanding giveaway, Danny, you have ever had on your show. And there are two <laughs> of it. them. There are two of them available. They will go to the first caller and the third caller. The only way that you can find that out is by jumping on the phone. I hope you have the number saved in your phone. The number, of course, is 0491. 0491- Zero six four six six nine. That's the number, and the code word is liberty. 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 All right. So call right now. The lines are open. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. This is the Statler Brothers with the fourth man in the fiery furnace. A story about a miracle that happened long ago. We hope that you'll take courage when temptation. 
somebody watching you who's strong when you're weak. They wouldn't bear. They held on to the will of God, so we're told. They wouldn't bow. They would not bow their knees to the idol made of gold. They wouldn't burn. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't burn. Now the prophet Daniel tells about three men who walked with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before the wicked king they stood. And the king commanded them bowed and thrown in the fiery furnace that day. But the fire was so hot that the men were slain who forced them on their way. Now when the three were cast in and the king rose up to witness his awful fate, he began to tremble at what he saw in an astonished tone he spake. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst that fire? Well, though I see four men unhurt, unbound, and walking down there. Other Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the fiery coals they trod. And the form of the fourth man that I see is like the Son of God. They held on to the will of God, so we are told. They would not bow their knees to the idol they of gold. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. They wouldn't bend. They held on to the will of God, so we are told. They wouldn't bow. They would not bow their knees to the idol made of gold. They wouldn't burn. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't burn. They wouldn't bend. Welcome back for our final run to the finishing line. We've got a few minutes left, Lyle. This has been one of the most exciting looking up programs because we are dealing with the heart of the gospel. We're dealing with the heart of the character of God, which is religious freedom. And Lyle, the reality is we are heading very quickly to the finishing line where this issue of worship and allegiance is going to be a worldwide issue. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. That's exactly so the Bible exactly. says very clear in Revelation thirteen, read rich or poor, free or slave. You know, it matters not who you are, red or yellow, black and white, it matters not. Every single person will be caught up in this final battle between good and evil. The great controversy will be fought over worship and allegiance to God or the enemy. It will indeed. Any final thoughts from you, Lyle? Well, hey, where do we even start with this one? Um, there are so many things that we can look at. One of the one of my, I guess one of my favorite passages in the Bible where is where Jesus says, you know, um, when, when he's on trial for his life, mm. and he talks about, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight. Mm. But my kingdom is not of this world, therefore my servants are not fighting. Yeah, and. When you when you look at what Jesus is presenting right there, what he is presenting is religious liberty. Mm. He's like, I am not here to raise an army to make me emperor, king, or God. Every other person who had proclaimed themselves God did so by right of the army that they had. Yeah, And emperor worship was not something that was unusual in the ancient world. Uh, and it's not going to be that unusual in today's world. We certainly worship all kinds of people in today's world and deify them. And so when you look at what Jesus is saying there, he's like, I'm not putting a sword to your throat. I'm not putting a gun to your head. 
for you to choose to follow me. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you're going to do that because you want to follow Jesus, because you choose to follow Jesus. Amen. That's why you're going to make that decision. You're not going to do that because you know God is forcing you. The whole great controversy is about religious liberty. The moment that God got rid of religious liberty, he would abolish the existence in the entire universe of love. That's right. It would cease to exist that very second. And so when you look at why Jesus died, you know, Jesus didn't have to die. No, he didn't have to. Jesus could have Mm. saved every human being on the planet simply by taking away our freedom to choose and making us all righteous. Robots, yeah, yeah. And we would have been righteous robots. Yeah. You know, take away the the freedom of choice. That's what we would become. Mm. And this is why religious liberty is at the center of the gospel. This is why it's at the center of... Of the cross. Yeah. Jesus died on the cross to preserve religious liberty. Yeah. And religious liberty means that we extend to everybody the freedom to choose. We extend it to Muslims, we extend it to Buddhists, we extend it to Hindus, we extend it to people of no faith, we extend it to the nuns, we extend it to the Jedi, and we extend it to the Satanists. Amen. And so when I stand, when we come here this this afternoon to talk about religious liberty, we are not talking about Christian liberty. No. We are talking about religious liberty, which means that if you are a Satanist listening to our show today, we will fight for your liberty just as hard as we will fight for the liberty of a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. You know, the, this That's station right. is sponsored by the Adventist Church. So That's right. we will fight for both just as hard Amen. because that is the liberty that Jesus died for. Amen. 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 What a way to finish. And um, and the last invitation in the Bible is one of religious uh, freedom and liberty where the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, let him who is thirsty say, Come. And my dear friends, I hope and pray you have been blessed on looking up. So remember, next week we are back. God bless and good night. See the bride and the spirit are one And won't you who are thirsty invite him to come With your door open wide Won't you listen See when your light is on Let the bridegroom
speaks for the dumb. Let their poor hearts complain like the leper turned around who has kissed the saint. Lift like a trumpet shout when the bridegroom comes. See the builders despising the stone. See the pearl of great price in the dry desert bone. Pharisees cursed Be exultant with the rose When the last are first And see how his mercy shines As the bridegroom See that your light is on.